What is going on, party people? What is up? I am Edgar Otraves, and welcome to another episode of the Flow Roll Podcast. Now, today on the show, oh man, dude, today on the show, I have an old friend of mine, Pedro Gañon, Peter Gañon, an old friend of mine from college, filmmaker, artist, and all around just solid dude, man. It was crazy talking to him because my homie took me back in time, man. He has not changed a damn bit. He is still the same cat that I knew in college. And it was so, man, refreshing, dude. It was it was great talking to him. And uh, man, I got nothing but love for this cat. If you're new to the show and you want to find out more about us, head on over to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store and of course the people that sponsor us so make sure you click on all that stuff check it all out and support the podcast man it was great catching up with my old friend very few of us actually got to follow through with a career in film and he's one of the few i wanted to hear from him i have a pretty good idea what the case is and i think it's just he's fearless you know so i brought him on tell us about how he got where he got and what he's been up to so i hope you enjoy this episode now on with the show all right sounds good so welcome to another episode of the flow Roll podcast i am edgar otra vez and today on the show i have filmmaker peter aka Pedro or Pedro Gañon. Uh, I keep saying that wrong. I like. No, I you wanna... said it right. That was perfect. That oh, was really? Because I was yeah. I was gonna say Gañon again. No, like, Gañon. Gañon is perfect. Gañon. And uh, we're gonna talk about. You know, we're just gonna catch up, man. It's it's been a long time, brother. It's good to yeah, see. Yeah, man. You. We were in school together over twenty, almost twenty five years ago. Why'd you age me like that, bro? <laughs> Why'd you make me such an old man? <laughs> I mean, I didn't make you an old man. We're just old men. It's, uh, yeah, how, uh, yeah, yeah, this is the way it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Time has no mercy for nobody, brother. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been 20 years, over 20 years. Plus, yeah. Damn, bro. So, yeah. one, of the, one of the things we were just talking about is, like, the last time, I think the last time I saw you was, was at that bar. With, yeah. with with the two with the with the two bad feet, <laughs> the two bad feet from my broken my broken legs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that crazy. Was, that was a wild story. But like, uh, but like, you're an interesting cat. Um, you are always kind of like fearless, and I always yeah. I always I kind appreciate of, that. No, seriously, like you always kind of like went for it, you know, and. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because like you went, you went to film school, you actually yeah. accomplish doing, having a career in film, but also right. like, but also like, like, uh, you got this like crazy story in terms of like the, you know, it's kind of romantic, honestly, like the story with you and your wife, how you like waited for her. Uh, and you got you got her to come and stay in the states and and uh, that well I mean there's a there to be honest there's a I have a lot of crazy amazing just like hard to believe and people I tell people stories and they're like well you just you just tell the story because you're a filmmaker but they're all 
they're all true. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it comes from, and I don't know, maybe you could speak to it. Like, you know, that, that you say I'm fearless. I would say I'm fearful all the time, mm-hmm. but I don't let that stop me. I let it push me because I mean, I grew up poor, you know, I grew up poor and the only white kid in the hood. Right. Yeah. And people, you know, hear that they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But no, it's true. And that really kind of had an effect on my psyche and who I am and how I view the world and the people in it. Um, you know, one of the my favorite stories, and you know, we both have a, a, a an amazing friend in common, my best friend, Everett Downing, who is yeah. uh, an Oscar winning director of animation and is about to, you know, I'm plugging him already. It's crazy. He's about to have have his own series on Netflix called my dad, the bounty hunter, which comes out uh, in the fall. That's badass. I didn't realize that. I know he's doing really well for himself. He's another guy. Well, you guys hang out, you guys hung out together. So, so the story was ever, well, he's my best friend and he's been my best friend for over 30 years. And I have, there's like probably four people that I call my best friends on, you know, and, and Everett's one of them. He and I, it's kind of funny. uh, We, we came up together in Denver. Another one of my friends, Boyce Cummings, who's an amazing painter. um, You know, he, I ran into Boyce. Boyce is actually the one that introduced me to my wife in Chicago. But Everett and I, um, we met uh, playing role-playing games of all of all things, geeking out. Um, and I was like 17 when I met him. He had just he had been he had gone to school in Florida for animation and had to come back to Colorado for some reason. Um, and not go back to school and he and I found ourselves kind of like inextricably linked and then ended up like moving in together with a couple of other dudes and working at a coffee shop called Paris on the Platte Mm -hmm. um, where we basically spent our nights this this coffee shop was a little bit of an anomaly so this is like 1992 um, before coffee was a thing, before Starbucks even existed, before bar- anybody knew what a barista was, we were yeah. baristas in this coffee shop in downtown Denver. And it was a place where, you know, anyone from the age of 14 to 74 would go to smoke cigarettes, drink coffee and listen to live music. And people would go there after they hit the bars because it was open later, you know, on the weekends, it'd be open until five o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Really? This coffee yeah. shop? this coffee shop and it would be the like the place that people hung out because people would go there to play chess to listen to music to do like you know all types of you know things right and ever and i ended up being the baristas place and it kind of because we were the baristas we're also kind of like rock stars because you're there front and center is making everybody coffee yeah and this place was constantly packed so, you know, we built over over a year, built this like pretty crazy friendship. And during that time, you know, also being roommates, you know, we learned a lot about each other playing role playing games. But we were also, you know, we talked a lot about our dreams and he, you know, has always been an amazing illustrator. Yeah. Amazing, amazing artist. And me being, you know, wanting nothing more than to make movies 
all my life just wanting to make movies you know and that the making the wanting to make movies came from actually a place of trauma for me but that's a whole other story maybe i'll get into it later anyway we decided you know that spring that we were gonna like throw caution to the wind and just move to chicago because i had already investigated columbia at the time yeah and you know i had gotten into nyu film school but it was but in but in 92 it was still like 35 40 thousand dollars a year yeah and i couldn't afford that my mom you know my single mom couldn't afford that but i found out about columbia and i was like yeah i want to check this out because it seems like a really you know day one you get your hands on a camera and start making stuff yeah so he and i were like yeah let's do it didn't know if we're in school didn't even know how to get in school didn't know anything we saved up all our money that summer and not really we spent most of it on beer but we (laughs) saved up all of our money and we bought train tickets to chicago and had 20 bucks between us wow and then we moved to chicago with 20 bucks between the two of us moved in with his sister and and no joke, ate rice and ramen for months until we got into school and found jobs. And then bar- just barely got into school and just barely had jobs and just barely skated by. And that's how we met you. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how like, you know, going to Columbia is what brought us all together. Yeah, that was a great that, that was that was a great experience at a time where shit was wacky, man. Oh, man. I mean, Chicago was no joke at the time. Chicago was scary. It was yeah. dangerous. My, It's still my, kind of scary and dangerous a little bit here and there. It is. It's weird. And, you know, now it's weird seeing the other side having, you know, my recently my wife and I just moved to Spain. Yeah. And seeing how different life is in another country. You know, I just found out that that somebody got shot like two blocks away from my house in Jersey City. And like how everyone's like, yeah, and that's like a normal thing. And here that just like doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's like we we as Americans have grown accustomed to this this never ending violence. And it's not right. It's 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 crazy. It's it's I don't know how that happens in the united states i don't know how to stop it but it's crazy to because i mean i i've been to spain dude i've i loved i was there for like two three days mm-hmm. i fucking loved it dude i loved it's amazing. it it is amazing uh food tastes different there it just tastes different um and the people are different everything is different everything everything's different but more than anything i myself you know being brown you know it's just I feel it everywhere I go. I talk to someone that's not brown. I know I'm aware just a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I went there. I don't know what it was because Spaniards are white people too, but I don't know what it was. I was there. My, the skin was not a thing. It wasn't even a, I didn't even feel it. Like, and it was like, I had a weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, and I think, and you know I, I have a lot of friends that we talk about this all the time and um would it be the same be true if you were black and being here i don't know i don't know about there, that there's a less there but there is less importance placed on skin color i think at least in spain italy 
lot different because they're I've I've found Italians in general, and I know it's making it a generalization. Italians seem to be a little bit more. Not as nice. <laughs> Not as nice. Yeah. Um, and and parts of Germany as well. And and France can go back and forth. Like parts of Paris, like nobody will care who is anybody because it's a like metropolitan areas. I think people don't really they they don't pay attention to it as much. But I mean, like I think that that the main difference between Europe and the states in terms of racism especially is that it's ever present in the United States and it's institutionalized, Mm. right? It's a part of the system. Mm. The cops are going to watch you because you're a Brown man. Yeah. The cops are going to, and, and, and the things are going to be harder on you because of that. Whereas here, I don't necessarily think think that was true. What would be true. I don't think that the system is built in an, in an institutionalized racist way. It maybe, but yeah. I don't think so. I don't I don't know much about the policing and just the government in general of Spain. I was only there a couple of days and I talked to like pretty much every ta- taxi guy that would talk to me. I, I you know, I just I like to talk and I couldn't help myself. I get I'll sit in the in the in the cab and these guys they're like they're normal people, man. They, people, some of them have degrees. Some of them are just, you know, cats working the job, but they're good. You know, they're like normal people. And uh-huh. I mean, I had a conversation with one guy who was like, I, I'm still young, but I know I'm getting old. I want to get married. I don't want to get married, but my wife wants me, or my girlfriend wants me to settle down. <laughs> he's like telling me all this stuff, like this, this dilemma he's having of this, of this split of the fork in the road that he's, he's looking at. That he doesn't want to take, but he knows he should, but he doesn't want to do what society expects of him. And I'm like, dude, you know, like I'm having this conversation with this cat. And the conversations I had with people were like this in Spain. And it was, I felt like I got a, just a flavor of what people are like there. And I, it, I it's interesting. It's interesting you use the word flavor because that's how I use, that's what I, that's the word that I use to describe cities in general. Uh huh. I think cities, every city in the world that I've been to has its own flavor and they're, and they're comparable, right? Like they have similar, like Paris, Rome and Madrid actually have a very similar flavor. Mm. I Paris and Madrid have a better aftertaste than Rome. <laughs> it's, it's true. Um, like Tokyo and Shanghai are very similar, mm. but but Tokyo again is one of those that has a, a better aftertaste than Shanghai. It's it's funny because a lot of it's cultural and it's, a lot of it is historic. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's like how things have been put together and why. Yeah, I I don't I don't have the best experiences in France <clears throat> and and not in terms of like oh it was they the people suck there and all that stuff like like people have said it before that they're rude or whatever. I didn't experience that. Right. Uh, my experience was that they weren't super friendly. Well, the, the Parisians, and this is funny because my wife, she, it's funny because she is browner than you are and, you know, went to, grew up in Venezuela, went to an American school. So she speaks English without an accent, but she also speaks French. Oh, wow. Uh, when, we were, when we were in college, she spent uh, a, 
two semesters abroad in Paris. Oh, wow. And in Paris, she didn't experience any racism, but she did in, I want to say, was either Belgium or the Netherlands because they thought she was Turkish. So racism and and bigotry in Europe is a lot more specific to nationalities, I think, there skin color. here than skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she taught me the thing she taught me about Parisians is that Parisians have a very specific way of how they want to be approached. Right. So if you want to ask a Parisian for directions, let's say, and you don't speak French, mm-hmm. you still better say in French, good morning. How are you? I'm sorry. I don't speak French. Oh, but could you help me? Right. Interesting. You still need to set up all of that. Uh-huh. And then they'll be like, oh, you're butchering the language. Let's just speak English because yeah. most of them speak English. But they were if you don't, if you walk up and are like, hey, can you help me find this thing? They're going to be like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they are France. France has something very in common with, I would say, a little bit of Spain, but not so much because Spaniards can get over that. Um, the Japanese. Hmm. Because everything is formal and has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Words and actions are formal and have a purpose, more so in Japan than in, in, in France. But the French are like super, super snobby about their language. Not snobby, but like um, strict on their language. There, there's their an language. etiquette. There's an etiquette to their language, right? In Spain, too. And I found that I found it's actually true everywhere. It's, it's true in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's true in Colombia. But it's that you just have to find out what that etiquette is, right? You have to find out what that what that thing is. Like Italians, their etiquette is they want they want you to be nice, but also to be an asshole. Like they want you to make no, they do. They want you to not take things personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally in Italy, I saw a guy 35 miles an hour on a scooter ram into a parked truck. Get off the scooter and start screaming nah, 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 at the, the guy in the truck. And the guy in the truck got out of the truck and like, nah, 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 nah. they're yelling at each other for 15 minutes. Yeah. Ciao. And the guy got in the scooter and drove away. Okay. Like what just happened? They, they settled a, a, a dispute without insurance. Right. And then like Japan, like, and then Japan, like. I, I look, the thing I learned when I went to Japan was the, the crazy thing was. If you hand something to someone, mm. it's a gift. Mm. You got to give it. To so them. that's why that's why you hand everything with two hands and a mm. bow. When you're paying for something, you don't ever hand the credit card or the money to the person. They always will put a tray in front of you. Interesting. Because the moment you hand it to them, it's a, it's a gift. There's a whole ritual. There's a whole formality and an etiquette that goes with it. Oh, wow. So taxi cabs, when you get a taxi cab, there's a tray in between the thing. And that's why they wear gloves. And the the you know, before we were all doing the masks from COVID, Japanese did it regularly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, they're being rude. They're, they don't want to get sick. It, the opposite is true. Hmm. 
it's all about shame. They don't want to get anybody else sick. Yeah. There is more of a sense of the of of the community than there is of the self. That might have sure. more to do with the fact that the Japanese Japan as a country is very pretty much just that one culture. It's not a giant melting pot like like America is True. where you have all these different cultures, all these different etiquettes trying to like, you know, talk to each other and then people just pissing each other off. But what you're saying about Spain makes or uh, France makes a lot of sense because uh, there were a couple of times where I would go someplace and I and the first thing I said, because I knew a little bit that they don't like it when people don't speak French. So I was like, I don't have a lot of French. I'm just going to say, excusez-moi, parlez-vous English. English, right. Yeah, And they were like, no. And I was like, espanol? And they're like, oh, and then blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, I'm speaking Spanish in, in, Spain, in, in France. In France. And it's like, it's amazing because for whatever reason, English didn't too, do too well in Europe. But I can go everywhere with Spanish. When, when were you there? I was there, but right before the pandemic. Like right before the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, that's why, I mean, everybody, did, everybody yeah. nobody likes Americans right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sadly. I yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was intentional on their part. Like they know English and just well, no, but I mean, like the, like the the I think the French too. It's it is all about that etiquette about you know because mm. I did approach them with excusez moi, you know. Right, but you have to say first. You have to say good morning. Oh, you see, I didn't do that because I don't even good know morning, what that good is. afternoon. Mm. How are you? Oh, wow. Excuse me. I'm sorry to bother you, but I don't speak French. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's they a lot of shit. They want to hear all shit. that in French. That's a lot of shit. <laughs> it's a lot of shit. Yeah. And to butcher. But, then, that. but it, it, and at the same time, the French think, well, you came here. Why didn't you learn that shit? <laughs> exactly. And to a certain extent, do you do you blame them? You know? No. Like, I mean, they got, they got a kind of a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to at least be able to ask for the toilet. You know, like, right. on, you know, right. I, 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 I can see that. But, you know, like, let's I want to kind of talk a little bit more about. I want to hear a little bit more about, like, how it was for you growing up, because you're an interesting cat. You you're a white dude. Yeah, that, that's like completely bilingual. You speak Spanish like better than I do, better than most people that I know. Uh, better than my mom because my mom she only speaks Spanish but she doesn't she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to speak to anybody no she's a country bumpkin so that sucker's oh it's all over the place but like uh, it's not the best Spanish to learn but in terms of like like so you grew up you grew up in the hood right in the Latin neighborhood well in a black in a mo more a black neighborhood than a Latin neighborhood but so it was kind of so I was raised by a single mom um and I grew up in a neighborhood that was that was mostly black um, during the week and went to a school that was the, the schools that I went to from first grade to high school were mostly black. And on the weekends, I would either be at my grandparents house and they lived in a neighborhood that was Asian and Jewish. Uh -huh. This is all in Colorado. So it's a it's a big mix. Um, or I would be with my mom's best friend who was like my second mom and she lived in a Mexican neighborhood. Okay. So I had my group of Mexican friends on the weekend. And then my weekday friends were all my black friends. And then occasionally at my grandparents' house, I would just play in the backyard. Right. 
And so when I was in the, with my Mexican friends, I always was spoken Spanish too. Uh, and I thought I spoke more Spanish than I did when I met my <laughs> wife. Oh yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I was always around it. Um, you know, and I learned, I learned at an early age is one of my, one of my favorite stories. Uh, I learned at an early age privilege and, you know, who I am. So when I was in first grade, uh, my favorite teacher was the teacher uh, that, uh, Mrs. Smith, um, and she had this thing that she would do where she would every Monday, she would ask all the kids like what happened this weekend, you know, good, bad, exciting. What happened this weekend? Right. And it was like the highlight of our Mondays. <clears throat> and we all sat in our little tables in a circle. She always had everything in a circle and she'd like call everybody out. And so uh, Monday morning, she gets to me. She's like, Peter, so what What interesting, exciting thing happened to you this weekend? I'm like, and I stood up. I'm like, my grandmother's purse was stolen by a black lady. Mm. And my teacher was like, oh, okay. And so she's like, um, why is that? Now, mind you, I'm six years old, right? Yeah. But she's like, so why is that detail important? And I'm yeah. like, what detail? She's like, well, that the lady that stole your grandmother's purse was black. Yeah. I'm like, well, I was there. And that's how my grandmother described it to the police. And she goes, but was that detail important in you telling us the story? And at that moment, I realized I was the only white person in that room. Holy crap. I, I All my friends, all these kids that I had gone to school with the whole year were all black. And I never even thought of it. I never even, it never even registered in my head. They're just my friends and my teacher. But like to, okay. So like, I, I get what you're saying, but to a little kid, do you think it was that you were just describing the person? And that was just something that was just an easy thing for you to use to describe the no, person? No, I think, I think, you no, know, it hit me. It hit me in that moment that me telling the story and the way that I told the story had had a negative effect on the people in this room that I cared about and that I was a part of this community and even my teacher and that it, all of those things. And, and it didn't register to me as a, you know, a, a six-year-old that these were the things that were in my head, but like this, it stuck with me my whole life, this story yeah. of, of me, you know, having this reaction and the way that my grandmother reacted and how it was not okay. And it, the, the, the theft of her purse to my grandmother was all about this woman's race. Mm -hmm. And in actuality, it had nothing to do with that. It was just a detail in the story. Well, I mean, the, the, it's a detail in the story, but the real, the real culprit is i mean i mean aside from institutionalized racism is the poverty the desperation that's that's well but but it was also it was also my grandmother's her my off her offhanded racism yeah but i mean like just in terms of like the, the person committing the action like that's like her being black has nothing to do with that right no absolutely Any, anybody anybody can be that person any any theft could yeah. happen 
Yeah. And and the yeah, absolutely. So that was the thing. So that had a real huge effect on me when I was young and how I saw people. And I mean, to be fair, I've always been like the type of person that can like flip flop in and out of all the like different kinds of groups and people because Mm -hmm. I've never felt really comfortable in one. Um, and and I strangely enough feel the most comfortable around Latinos and, and, and black people mm-hmm. because there's no, there's no artifice and there's no trying to be fake. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. even like, you know, you know, there's the big debate, especially in hip hop of like white rappers and, and how like white people that are down, they try to be like, I've never tried to be, I'm sure probably in the nineties, I was like more down than I was, you know, now than I am now, but there's no like like people can smell that shit a mile away. Oh yeah. When you're insincere, you're fake. People can smell that shit up a mile away. And like who who like I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna be me around the people that I want to be around. And that just happens to be this collective group of people because I share more in common with them. And you know, it, I'm more comfortable in that space. I think. I think what you're saying is is interesting because I um I mean I there, there's a lot of pretenders there's a lot of fucking wannabes everywhere yeah. man it doesn't matter what the race is in everything in everything um it's interesting to, to hear you think that uh, that you think uh, Latinos are like that um I think Latinos are just just people but I think True. I think what what really and this is just my personal uh, opinion and you can disagree. But I think what you have, your ability, is that you have an understanding of the people better than other people would, you know, that are, you know, and I, you know, it's funny, I've always just considered you, I've always just called you Pedro, or Peter, never really called you Peter, I always called you Pedro. And uh, because in my head, oh, that's, 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 that's Latin Peter, Peter. that's Pedro, it's fucking Peter. I mean, he's, he's Latin. You know that I right. never saw, I never saw you as white, and it's not like like I'm not like blowing smoke up your ass, but it's just like it's just, this is just the way I, we saw you because you 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 uh, it's crazy you spoke better Spanish than I did. It was it was it was always cracked me up because you would you wanted to have these conversations in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, bro, hold up, man. <laughs> let me get my let me get my book. Let, yeah, let me get my, my yeah. <laughs> let me get my dictionary out. Listen, like, okay, what word is that? Fucking. <laughs> and um, but yeah, dude. Like, uh, I always found it super interesting, and I always wondered, like, what what caused, what made you so interested in learning Spanish? Because it was, it's not an easy task. You definitely had immersion at some point, but you probably had some really close friends. They were just speaking Spanish to you all the time. It, it actually, it didn't happen quite like that. It's no. all the majority of it is, I would say, because of love. Um, a part of it is because of curiosity and the way that my brain works. Um, you know, so like rewind back to '94. You know, we're all in school and I'm working in restaurants and, you know, all the guys I work closely with and, and, 
again, feel most comfortable with are all Mexican guys. Yeah. The odd Puerto Rican guy here and there, you know, because it's Chicago and it's either Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, or Mexicans. Just happens to be like that in the 90s. Yeah. Right. Mostly Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, but yeah. 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 But, but they, you know, the, these guys are teaching me Spanish as I'm teaching them English. Right. Uh And, and it's, you know, Palabra de cocina, right? It's just yeah, everything yeah. from the, the kitchen and bad words and like yeah. talking about girls and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess I'll tell the, the story of how I met my wife. Um, so like I said, my friend Boyce is, uh, I've known him since high school, right? He's an amazing painter. He's going to the Art Institute of Chicago. We're all going to Columbia College. I'm at, at the time I'm living with Everett and a couple of other people. It's my 21st birthday. Okay. Or is it my 20th birthday? Might've been my 20th birthday. Anyway, I think it's my 20th birthday. Um, I run into Boyce in the middle of nowhere, January, like down like the South loop. Uh-huh. He's with a group of guys walking and I just saw him like a block and a half away. And I ca- started calling his name and he thought it was somebody who was trying to throw down. <laughs> right. So we go run into him and he's like, oh, we haven't seen each other for a while. Again, this uh, is before cell phones, before emails. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm having a birthday party. You know, you should come bring some people. He's like, okay, cool. So, you know, it's a little house party. We lived in Wicker Park at the time. And um, back when Wicker was rough, man. Back when Wicker was rough. So, that's kind of what I was saying. Like my, the guy that the building that I, we lived in, the, his, the guy who owned the building, his mom lived downstairs with his younger brother, his younger brother got in trouble. This is a little side, a little tangential story. Uh-huh. This same year, this happened after my birthday, maybe that the summer after, but he got arrested for like carjacking somebody. And instead of going to, instead of going to jail, mm-hmm. the judge said, you can go into the military. So he joined the Marine Corps and oh, wow. he wa- and he washed out. Ooh. And he came back and I saw him. I was I was coming home from school. It was like like afternoon. And we sat on the porch and, and smoked a joint. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I went back to school and he got shot that that evening. Oh. Somebody walked up behind him, shot him in the back of the head. Because he was he was a Latin king, and the, at the time, Latin kings and the disciples were having a, a war. Yeah, in our na- in in Wicker Park. Anyway, so that's it kind of describes how Wicker Park was. It's all like skanky artist kids and gangbangers and gangbangers, yeah, and oh. great and great parties, <laughs> amazing parties, and good food, good food, no. the best Mexican food. El Chino, that's where we used to go to El Chino all the time, right there on Milwaukee Avenue. Those are the best burritos and 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 and, well and Tecalitlan, which was like on the other side. But that was if you had money, you go to Tecalitlan. You go to El Chino, (laughs) you got you got five bucks in your pocket or wicker dog. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so the party was like there's maybe 20 people. Uh boy shows up with this crazy Brazilian dude with long hair and this beautiful Venezuelan woman. Yeah. Who I saw. And when I saw her, I was like instantly in love with her. I was like, that's the one. Right. 
So they come in, and it's like a typical winter Chicago house party where everybody just like hangs out, drinks, and doesn't go anywhere. And we used to do this thing back in the day where we did like silly dance offs, right? Yeah. So it was me, this cat Haji, Boyce, this other cat Larry, Everett, you know, and we're like doing our silly dance competition. Yeah. Where we're trying to make up the most ridiculous dance moves. Uh huh. And, you know, Catalina is sitting over on like my bed like watching us and just giggling and laughing. Uh-huh. And so like, I got, I kind of got the courage once to talk to her for a minute and nothing came of it. And we all kind of just drank and had fun and laughed all night. And it's like one of those parties where everybody just kind of like passes out and just ends up in the, where they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wakes up next morning and let's go to the diner and get some food. So all of all 20 of us go to a, to the diner <laughs> uh, there's a there was a diner that used to be on on uh milwaukee avenue um like the, the five corners area we go to the diner and i end up somehow sitting next to her and she's like i hear you speak spanish and i was like yeah i speak spanish uh-huh. and she's like and I'm like, oh shit, no, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> so, you know, we have breakfast, everybody leaves, and I'm like, yo, I'm in so in love with this girl. And so I'm like talking to Boyce and his roommate. I'm like, who is that girl? I want to know everything about it. I'm like, dude, she's got a boyfriend. Stay away from her. She's a big flirt. You don't want to mess with that. Uh-huh. You know, she's nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble, huh? Yeah, all of this stuff. And um, I can't stop thinking about this girl. And then about a month and a half later, we end up going to this party. And like a, it was like a, either a senior or a grad student's house, like on State Street, you know, near Rock and Roll McDonald's. Oh, Jesus. So that and in this super nice apartment, it's yeah, right? yeah, that area is expensive. Even now, it's it's very very expensive. So I don't know how that kid got that money, but well, it was it was a group of grad students that had a, the, the apartment there, mm. and I show up. I don't know anybody, and like Boyce goes off. Like he took me to the party. He goes off, da, 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 and I'm sitting in the kitchen, this gigantic kitchen at, at the kitchen table, and across from me is the refrigerator, right? But I can't see anything in the kitchen because, you know, house parties in Chicago, they always end up in the kitchen, right? So there's like, you know, tons of people in front of me and I'm just sitting at the kitchen table having a like Heineken and like bored out of my mind. And then all of a sudden everybody leaves the kitchen and and just parks. And they're sitting cross-legged on top of the refrigerator on top Catalina. of the refrigerator is Catalina. And I'm like, I've been practicing my Spanish. Uh-huh. And I walk up, you know, I take a drink, you know, like a swig of liquid courage. And I walk up and I said, Hey. And she kind of looks at me and I go, Tu eres la mujer de mis sueños. Yeah. That's what you and said. She, yeah. And she goes, What? 
<laughs> and I said, tú eres la mujer de mis sueños. Yeah. What? I can't hear you. Music's too loud. Help me down. <laughs> so I help her down off the fridge. Somehow we go like walking through this like kind of labyrinthine uh, apartment uh-huh. out onto a fire escape and onto the roof where there's like the whole view of, of Chicago and the moon and the lake. Yeah. And we sit on, the, on, on like lawn chairs that are on the roof and proceed to talk for the next three hours. Yeah. And like, I was like, man, I, I'm so madly in love with this girl. And she's like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. Right. She goes down, doesn't come back for a while, doesn't come back for a while. And I see her talking to another, like, mutual friend of ours. And she's grabbing her stuff and she's leaving. Yeah. And I go, shit. And I go chasing after her. And she's, like, leaving. And the the, the exit of the apartment and these long stairs that go just out to a single door that goes out on the State Street. Uh-huh. Right. So I go running down the stairs trying to catch up with her. And by the time I get down the bottom of the stairs, she's hopped in a cab. Now, for all the listeners out there, this is where I, my story and her story diverge because she is a, you know, she's a, a, a good Latin girl, you know, and this is not, you know, she says, I just jumped into the cab. Uh huh. What really happened was I said, <laughs> I said, Hey, where are you going? And she looked at me and said, I'm going home. Aren't you coming? Oh, and I popped into the cat. Wow. So I haven't really left her side since that. And that was 28 years ago. So, and in the time that we started dating, I told her I really wanted to learn Spanish. And so we, wherever we would go, she'd be like, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? And I just started like practicing and, and more and more and more. And I would speak as much as I could and being, you know, I guess being kind of fearless of not worry about being, making mistakes or looking stupid. You know, I started just trying to speak and started reading what I could um, and then I, at Columbia, I went to go sign up for some classes, Yeah. right? You know, a few months have passed. I'm like, but I'm really serious about this girl. You know, we or actually probably a year passed. Like, I'm really serious about the girl. I want to learn Spanish. And this is, you know, when you, this is remember when we had to sign up for classes in person. Yeah. Yeah. What a pain in the ass. That was such a pain. So like, you know, you'd have to go to school yeah. and you'd have to go find the, the classrooms that you wanted and go talk to the teacher. It was and, like five, six different buildings for just to get your schedule yeah. fucking made up. What a pain yeah. in the ass. And so I walk into the like Spanish department and I'm, I went to go sign up and I'm like, Hey, I want to sp- sign up for Spanish one-on-one. <clears throat> and the, the teacher's like, y por qué quieres hablar? I said, you know, Spanish 101. Yeah. And she's like, uh, I'm not putting you in Spanish 101. You speak Spanish fine. Yeah. You're going like, to no, native speakers. So yeah, she, there was a class that Columbia had called Spanish for native speakers, mm-hmm. which was Mexican kids and Puerto Rican kids who grew up speaking Spanish, uh-huh. but just had really shitty grammar. Yeah. 
And she yeah. put me in that, in that. And then my teacher was an Argentinian woman who was phenomenal. And so I took that class, which helped me a lot. And then <clears throat> just kept working on it. So, yeah, I guess probably about two years after we started dating, I was I became kind of fluent. OK, that's interesting, because I thought you like had learned it in the hood. Mm-mm. Well, I did. So so I learned I guess I learned. You learn how to curse and ask for the bathroom is basically what you learned. Oh, no, I learned how to curse and I learned how to. (laughs) I guess I learned I learned the the nuances or the underpinnings of why people use certain words or how to talk. Mm. You know, again, it comes back to the etiquette thing, right? There's etiquette in every strata of every culture and every place in every culture Mm -hmm. so you have a different etiquette from you know you know ultra high class you know korean people to street level korean people there's a whole different etiquette but they still everybody has an etiquette right yeah every culture yeah every culture but every strata of that culture too. every every group like there's a different etiquette i'm sure between the guys in your in your bjj class and then there is if you were to like walk in the grocery store Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. But and, and it's kind of like those things. And those are things that we don't focus on that I think that I'm really good at, like reading people and knowing etiquette. I, I agree. But I think also the other thing, too, again, going back to the fearless thing, you you are not worried about what you look like when you try the thing you're trying to do. And I think that's important because a lot of people are embarrassed. Life's you know? too short. Yeah, and this is like here's a, here's a funny thing about just Latino culture and and maybe Mexicans in in general or specifically Mexicans because I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood, right? And it's funny because they're the first thing they do is they want to make sure that you speak Spanish. So like you speak Spanish, they'll they'll mix the words. A lot of kids, especially, they'll do the, the Spanglish. Spanglish. Yeah, they'll yeah. do the Spanglish thing. You start throwing the Spanglish out. And if you mispronounce something or you just didn't put words together right, you're already a coconut. You're already something. You're already lesser, right? Right. So it's just like, what the fuck? You know? So like, but I'm Mexican. My parents are Mexican. I was born here just like you. So my Spanish isn't perfect. Like, what the fuck? Right? But it's just another way to force people down right to you know it's just the hierarchy of things it's it's in everything right well that's what etiquette's for right yeah you know, that's what etiquette, etiquette really de- it defines your place in that system exactly but the thing is for yeah and i'll admit you know i heard this and i you know i would just avoid speaking spanish right because it's embarrassing but you weren't worried about that no you didn't say they 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 said oh well you're not Latin enough and you're like fuck it I'm gonna say what I want to say, and that is how you learn languages and or how you do anything honestly. Yeah, I like agree with you. Not giving a fuck of what people want to say or or do because it's just controlling you. Because by the same the same fucking token, right. you can be too Mexican. You can speak both languages perfectly. And you can be they'll they'll call you something else because yeah, you're, you're a paisa then you know right you're and that's the thing or or you're a chilango if you're like from from Mexico City you're like oh he speaks too nice 
Now we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service, Bluehost is definitely the way to go. If, especially if you're building it in uh, WordPress, for example. It's the hosting service I use for my website, the Floral Podcast, and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use the referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call a work operating system, a work OS. What it is is a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams. You can put timelines on things. It organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable. I love it, just started using it. Uh, I'm sharing it with my teams now. It's a great tool for you to use for your work, especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected. We don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about where is this project? How are you doing on this? What's the timeline, et cetera, et cetera. So with Monday, it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it, I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Uh, he's a Chilango, right? Yeah. Or I get a lot, oh, are you Argentinian? Are you yeah. too good? But but the funny thing is, I think that's part of, you know, there's two, there's two things I go back. Life is too short to give a fuck what anybody thinks. For sure. Life is too short. And when you don't give a fuck, that's when you fit in more, right? So, for example, my wife has family in Mexico and she has family in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the family in Mexico, they know, I mean... Out of all the, like my wife is Colombian born, raised in Venezuela, right? And I love both, both of those cultures, but like I, there's something magical about Mexico and there's something that draws me to Mexico and just Mexican culture and Mexican art and Mexican everything. I'm, I'm enamored with it. Um, and like, like you said, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So when I go to Colombia, though, like all of her cousins, they treat me like a Colombian because they know I don't give a fuck. And I'll make mistakes. I make funny mistakes. I'll say things that people are like, oh, shit, that's hilarious. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and make fun of me for it. And I'm like, yeah. And and, but it still doesn't, you know, they're still like, oh, yeah, but he's but he's he's one of us. Yeah. Which I'm not. But but and the same thing happens. But the same thing happens with the the family in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the the whole, you know, one of the things you and I talked about recently is like I'm working on this um, 
a, a, a TV series that has to do with the history of Mexico. And it all started, started because, you know, Catalina's cousin grabbed me where we're in the, these Mayan ruins, grabbed me by the shoulder and said, like he just kind of pulled me aside to like, I'm going to tell you a story, but like, I'm as if I'm family uh, and I'm, you know, as an, I feel like as an outsider, I'm not, but at the same time I am, I am family. And that, that is, and because I don't give a fuck is why I was given access yeah, because yeah. I'm not trying to be something I'm not, mm. although to a lot of other people outside, it might seem that I am. Mm. It's there's a nuance there. It's not that I'm trying to be something that I'm not. It's mm. that I'm trying to understand and be a better human being by understanding another culture, by really gaining access to their culture, by speaking their language and understanding their etiquettes mm. and thereby paying homage and respect to that culture and language mm-hmm. which then grants me access if that makes sense i absolutely understand you're you're <clears throat> you're honestly pursuing your interests yeah and because you're doing that people see the authenticity i hate using words like authenticity but no but, but there's you're, the, you're, you're authentic yeah. in your in your in your approach, in your interest, and in the way you conduct yourself. And because of that, people know that you're not full of shit, right? So well, they- I'm not full of shit, and I'm not trying to, you know, there's a lot of conversation now, especially in art and our community about cultural appropriation and, and. Fuck that noise. Well, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not why I'm here, right? Yeah. That's not why I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to, to to do anything that will take away from somebody else i'm not i'm not trying and i'm not trying to belittle anybody or take up somebody else's space yeah dude and that's the important thing cultural appropriation is fucking nuts dude it's like it's like what are you what are you trying to say it's like the most racist fucking thing this is like what you're saying that mexicans can only eat fucking tacos no motherfucker everybody's got a mouth i mean i I do no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, no. I do understand, but no, no, I, hold on. I, I do understand. It's, it's the, it's like, so uh, I, I made friends with, and I actually have a call today with the, the guy who's on Instagram called the Storytime guy. Yeah. And he, he's Mexican kid from, from California and he does this great Instagram. You should check out where he talks about, um, you know, he talks about Aztec stories or Mayan stories or uh, other fairy tales that are outside of the Eurocentric realm. Uh-huh. He also talks about how, you know, hey, Encanto is a great movie, but fuck that movie because it was directed by white guys. Uh... And that, I, but but I I kind of agree in that sense because there we but you and I both know there are quality Latino directors that could be doing that shit. That right? that I I understand what you're saying. I have a real problem with that too. Like, I don't know where I sit with this thought because, for example, Candyman. I don't know if you've seen the recent Candyman. Uh-huh. Fucking wonderful movie, right? It's amazing. I didn't expect what I got. Uh-huh. But, like, that is primarily, con- you know, like everybody on that thing is is black, right? So, like, right. there's a there's definitely a unique perspective that that culture can only have right they're the ones telling the story so i understand that 
but also like you need to have people that can bring visibility to some sometimes these things so Encanto I'm torn but Lin-Manuel Miranda is very heavily involved in that movie I mean yeah but oh but he just did the music and then there was but it's also like West Side Story right I I haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it yet either but there's a lot of like a lot of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans that are pissed off because they're like, hey, these are this white, these are all whitewashed characters. I can see that. I can understand that. Yeah. When it comes to or or things like uh, you know, people using up spaces that are that not necessarily reserved for people of color, but like should be should be owned by people of color. Right. That's yeah. why, like, did you see Maya and the three? I have not. Oh my God. You have to watch it. It's so good. And mm. he's a Mexican director and it's, it's, it's truly like, that's the kind of thing, like it can be done that, or like in the case of, of even our friend Everett, you know, mm. like we do need more representation in the arts and we do need people to own those spaces. I agree. And, and that's, you know, that's why for me, drawing that line is 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 very important that you know i have this passion project that i've been working on for a few years but i'm not going i'm not going to work on it alone mm-hmm. right and this is something you and i talked about before like i can't i can't write it myself mm-hmm. because i'm not mexican i understand i can't, it, I, I have the, i have it in all my head mm-hmm. and i have everything together but i i couldn't I couldn't in good conscience do it. I'm going to do it, right? And I'm going to do it with a group of Latino writers and filmmakers, right? I'm, that's that's the choice. I mean, I could go ahead and be like, I'm going to do this on my own and put it out, yeah. but it would be disingenuous. And that's, and that's what I'm kind of, I think that's that's got to be the the guiding um light or the the thing to guide you in in this process or in just in any process when it comes to the, right. the worries of of cultural appropriation is are we are we being authentic in our approach you know right if if you were to, this is just me talking there's a right. difference between you and steven spielberg who directed uh west side, west side story, story. Right. right steven spielberg filmmaker for many years but his interest, he's always been just, you know, not just, but he's always been a director, a white American director. You right. have been a man of the world. You know what I'm saying? You you're right. you speak Spanish, you've been to different countries, you're you you're not I mean you you're you're white biologically, <laughs> right? But culturally, you're really not. So like I don't think that you I understand what it looks like. People who don't know you, right? They'll, and it, they'll, and it, but even even then, even if you don't know, I mean, I, I, I know what I, you're saying, but you're coming from an authentic place, is what I'm saying, and I don't think right. It, but that, but that has to, but it, but it has to, in my in my perspective, mm. it does. It can't only be an authentic place of of desire. It has to be an authentic place of action. Yeah. So, in moving forward with any kind of project that has you know, uh, without going into the, the ins and outs of the projects, you know, which will come in and we'll do another podcast and I'll talk about it more when I, when I have more in the can, um, without, you know, there, there, I has to be, 
not only in 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 thought and and desire but in action the way that somebody moves forward with something that is that deals with themes and terms and ideology and other stuff that's outside of their quote unquote culture i in my opinion right I, it's very very political language in all of that yeah you know? i i unfortunately I understand what you're saying, but just just to give you a little more courage, you never gave a fuck before. Well, oh, I still don't. I still don't give a fuck. But I, but I but I I don't give a fuck for people outside because no matter what, right? I know this. No matter what, yeah. Somebody's gonna be like, "Why is this white boy doing this?" Yeah. No matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, but it's, but it's, but and and as long as I know, like, because because you have that with a lot of people, mm. right? A lot of people will say that about about Eminem, but mm. then you have the re- the reason that Eminem still does it, and people are like, "Yo, Eminem's dope." Yeah, is because Eminem has earned that cachet. He has yes. earned that credit, and he has never once burned that credit by being an appropriator. Yeah. Right. Unlike people like Remedy or like some of these other white hip hop artists who are like actually kind of racist in the Mm. way that they appropriate hip hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Eminem's not doing that. Right. Uh, What's another good example? If I could think of one in the arts. But I I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, like if you honor the culture and the and you have the respect for the culture that you are paying homage to and you give it the space and you give it the um, the deference that is deserved. Mm -hmm. That's a lot different. No matter what, people are going to still call you an appropriator in a lot of ways for for things. If you do certain things. But you can't let you you can't let that stop you, because just like I was saying about speaking spanish right you could do everything correctly and you still won't be good enough all right i mean you could be you could speak spanish perfectly you can speak english perfectly and you're you're gonna be you're gonna be you know well i mean that whatever you know there's also the flip side of that like you know i i as a filmmaker every day i mean i've done i've done amazing things i've worked on three marvel movies that's fucking amazing, bro. I and 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 to be fair, to anybody who's worked on Marvel movies or anybody who's worked on big feature films, what I did was extremely tiny. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends that work on Marvel movies or work on, you know, Disney movies or work on Star Wars movies. And what they've done is leagues beyond what I've done, mm-hmm. right? But I've had the opportunity to do that, right? I worked on a TV series and I got two Emmy nominations for that. That's not. But I still, on a day-to-day basis, because we have our own personal thing as artists, deal with imposter syndrome all the time. Yeah. I deal with the fact that I tell myself that I'm not good enough and, like, why am I here, right? And, and But that's part of your fuel, though. But it is part of my fuel. But that's the thing. is like you have these instances, you know, like I, I recently had a – lost a job, and it, it, it really kicked me in the balls, and I was like, wow, did they, you know, I've given my all for a long time. And they really were just like, fuck you. And I, like, it, it shocked me. And it, and I realized 
in all this that it wasn't the entire job. It was certain people, it was certain things, it was certain instances, and it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with my abilities or what I brought to the table. They wanted to let that go. That's on them. They fucking lost out, not me. Yeah. And so that, that, and that's hard to get your head around because you, I'm one of those people that take everything really personally, mm. you know, and, and if shit doesn't work out, like, I'm like, Oh, what did I do wrong? And you know, it's just, I, there's always going to be haters. There's, <laughs> yep. There's always going to be fucking haters and it doesn't, you can do everything fucking right, bro. You can yeah. do everything fucking right, and it's still not good enough. And but then it comes it comes back to what we were saying before, or what I was saying before. Life's yeah. too short. Life's too short. You can't give a fuck. And well, it's not only that you can't give a fuck. You should give a fuck about the right things. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, that's kind of part of the reason I moved to Spain. So I think I, I was thinking like, hey, you know, I'm 48 years old. I got three sons. I want them to have a better life, a better education. I could keep living here and doing the same thing I'm doing and keep hustling it or, or flip the shit, the script, right. And make a new adventure and, 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 and kick some life back into this because yo, I could die tomorrow or I could be on my deathbed in a week. And would I be like, man, I wish I lived in Europe. I wish I had tried this thing out. Yeah. Right. I don't ever want to live that way. Like I wish I had. Yeah, dude. So like, it was funny because when I went to Spain, I was just like, yeah. I, got, I got to come back here. I was sad leaving. Well, you always and, have a place to stay now. Thanks, brother, man. I, I'm good. I'm going to take you up on take that. Take me up on it. Yeah. But dude, so get this. So I left Spain. I was just like, I want to go back there. I was telling my wife, it's like one day we should move to fucking Spain. And then like a year later, your ass beats me to the punch. I'm like, what is this motherfucker? What is this guy reading my fucking mind? Like, what's he doing? You know? So like, well, that was the thing, you know, Catalina, Catalina and I were like, uh, you know, the pandemic started and we had gone to Spain the summer before and we loved it. We loved everything about it. And the pandemic started and we were kind of like, this sucks. And things were like, not, you know, politically, you know, scientifically, just culturally, you know, in the States, it seemed to be like in this kind of weird, like inability to like get over our shit as a country. It's something I've never seen before in my life. We've always, you know, we've never been great, mm -hmm. but we've always mm -hmm. seemed to like overcome as a nation, the bullshit. Yeah. Right. And it has always been like two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. But I feel like in the past five years in the States, it's been two steps forward, three steps back. So now we're going backwards. I don't like talking politics too much. Yeah, and, and that, I, that's I not where I was trying to go with it. But. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I um, Not to get too political, but just because it's, um, you know, let's, let's be honest. Trump has been very divisive, regardless Fair. of what side, whatever side you take. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're left or right. I don't care. I'm, I'm not yeah. even talking about that. He's been very divisive and he has ruined the culture. 
of this country now well i don't think it was single-handedly him i think he was the he's the i think he was the canary in the coal mine mm -hmm. and the person that like let us know oh shit our shit really does stink and we've been you know putting it under the rug for so long that now it's blowing up i mean he just revealed he revealed how many racists and how many hateful people and how many ignorant people really are in the states i in my opinion i i i i don't know how and he inflamed it I, there's there's absolutely racist people right that's never gonna go away i don't think um nope but um he made it all right to be an asshole is basically what he did uh yeah and, he did he did give it an, another level of acceptance i agree yeah so um i i'm not i'm not uh i i don't I don't like again. I don't like taking uh, talking politics. Uh, I'm Welcome to Edgar Otraves's political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not an analyst. I'm not a political analyst. I don't know any of these things. So I, I'm really am like talking out of my ass here. So, uh, but just in general, like, like he's 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 done a little damage, and it's going to take a it's going to take a while for us to get over this. It's, it'll go away. We'll I hope go so. We'll go back to to people having the racist thoughts in the elevator and not saying anything. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It seems, and maybe it will, and I hope that it does. Yeah. But some somebody somebody man, dude, like when dude got elected, I was in the fucking bathroom at 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 at, at a place, and this guy I thought I knew started talking some nonsense. I was ready to drop this guy in his head, dude. Oh. I was ready to fucking pick this guy up and drop him on his head because he said to me. Well, you should get your papers ready. What? Yeah, dude. What? Yeah, I won't go into too many details, but I was at a place and this guy out of the way, this, you know, me and him, me and this guy, we just started having this friendly conversation. And then I said, well, you know, you know, like he's talking about, you know, deporting people. What if, you know, what if the East LA thing happens? Or like my American ass gets thrown in Mexico, you know, like right, which has happened, which has happened, and he was like, "Well, you better get your papers ready, buddy." And I was, I have never been so close to fucking going to jail, fucking going to jail, exactly, dude. I was, I was, I was ready to pick this guy up and drop him on the piss floor in that fucking in that bathroom, dude. Uh, uh. It took every ounce of me not to do anything. I said, all I could think about is, is like, I can't go to jail. My kids need me. The kids and my wife need me. That's, that's, all, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, though. Yeah. Like all of these, the, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> and all the people, not only the ignorant, stupid people that say that kind of bullshit, mm -hmm. but also like all the people that have, you know, I mean, I'm not religious, okay, mm -hmm. by any means. No. If anything, I'm undecided, but I was raised Catholic, right? And my grandmother, you know, just hammered shit into me. And, you know, when you're, like, when you're saying your prayers, one of the things that always sticks with me is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, mm. right? And that always, come, like, when I think about, like, people that have done me wrong or people that have been, like, just so fucked up, or have done just fucked up things and they know they know they've done fucked up shit and don't and they're like happy with it yeah that's on them yeah and that's the thing 
you know, that that actually kind of mixes with another another little. Uh, you know, I have way, way too many like isms in my head, but there's, you know, that mixed with Bruce Lee, because he's one of my heroes mm. and, you know, saying be like water. Yeah. Which is very true. Like just have it. And then there's another little parable that I love that I try to tell my kids. Uh, so there's two, there's two monks walking down a road and they come to uh, the, the river where that's a cross, but the river has been flooded, right? River has been flooded and there's, you know, not any way to really cross without getting soaked. And two of them are like getting ready and like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. When suddenly this noble woman comes with her two servants that are carrying all of her stuff. And she's like, well, I can't get across this river. You there, you carry me across the river, she says to the older monk. Mm -hmm. So the older monk lets her get on his back and, you know, all of them cross the river. And as they get across the river, the the noble lady is like, you almost got me wet. Let's go. And she goes off on her on her journey. Mm -hmm. So the, the older monk and the younger monk go walking away and about an hour passes and the younger monk says, master, I don't understand. I'm, I'm so angry and I don't understand why you're not angry. That lady was so rude to you and you didn't have to carry her across the river. Why, why aren't you, why aren't you angry? Like I am. And the older monk looks to the younger monk and says, I stopped carrying that woman an hour ago. Why are you still carrying her? Mm. And that mixed with the other with the bruce lee thing and the 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 lord's prayer kind of mixed together kind of like how i've been trying to get you know move forward with a lot of things because again life's too short and why do we carry around people that mean nothing they mean nothing right yeah. why do we let why do we why that's why we have to forgive people's trespasses like what that's why we have to be like water we have to let it just kind of like go because right now is what's important. This conversation you and I are having is what's important. Yeah. What's happening with our kids and our wives right now with us is important. Yeah. All the other shit, if it doesn't have anything to do with that, is meaningless. That's that's fucking dope, bro. <laughs> and it's true. Funny. I never heard that parable before. That's amazing. But like, um, yeah, I, I I don't have that thought. I'm still carrying that motherfucker. <laughs> right. Well, and you, I'm telling like you, the fucking story. All I could think about was like, I'm not gonna fucking break my hand. Well, and that's and the, not gonna go that's the hard thing because you and I, you and I, that's what we share in common. We're both storytellers, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that's the hard thing is like, yeah, I don't want to carry that person, but yo, I got a great story. <laughs> but you still, I mean, you still do have to carry the people around. Yes. I get it's not not carrying their weight, that yeah. emotional weight, that bullshit. No, I'm carrying the lesson. Yeah, carry the lesson. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's I, a good. Those are that's a dope ass idea for a T-shirt. Thank you, sir. I think I'll Let's make that. <laughs> carry, carry the lesson. Carry the lesson, not the people. Yeah, uh, or not, not the, the rush, not the bullshit. Ooh, ooh. Carry the lesson. Uh, the back it says carry the lesson on the back says not the bullshit. Oh, dude, you are a fucking genius. 
you're a fucking, you're a fucking I want 10%. T-shirt. I want 10%. <laughs> as soon as I start selling anything, you're going to get 10%. Um, so wait, I want, I have a question for you. So like, I've been following your, your BJJ career uh-huh. on Instagram. I, I, I gotta say, I think I have the most respect for you. I think that's dope. No, oh, thanks bro. I think you doing that and doing that on a day to day is dope as hell. I um so like for just for me and and I mean just for the people on the podcast I've been practicing martial arts for a long time so me too but I stopped yeah I I I stopped a little bit but then I picked it up again but like um it was funny it's funny how how I started up again too because like I had uh boxed and kickboxed since I was like 16 17 years old me too yeah and then fought a couple times uh then kind of like went to school uh when i went to columbia i had stopped by that time and then took a little break got into the working world and then eventually i met this girl didn't work out but she inspired me to go like start you know get fit again right so i got you know i did some more kickboxing jumped around met my wife eventually got married and then when we when we moved into this condo right Mm -hmm. this dude was just blaring the music like on a wednesday night you know right and so i'm like this motherfucker like i got a baby you know like this motherfucker's over here making noise so i go over there and i knock on the door and i say hey man can you turn down the music i got a baby and he's like all right i'll turn it down i go away and the music just keeps pumping like he didn't change the volume at all right so i get all fucking puffy in the chest walk over there knock on the door. I say, Hey dude, you got to fucking turn it down. It's fucking Wednesday. I got a baby, my wife, etc. And he's like, no, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. It's, it gets heated. Right. So then all I could think about is, is like, if I punch this guy, I'm, this is the first, this is the first thought. First, I'm going, I don't want, I'm going to jail and I'm going to break my hand. How am I going to do my computing? <laughs> How am I going to do my computer job if I can't hold the mouse? So that is like, I can't break my hand and I can't go to jail. So all I could do was sit there and let this guy talk shit to me, right? So I'm saying, look, dude, you need to turn that fucking shit down. And so then he steps into my face and says, what are you going to do about it? You know, I'm a lawyer. I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, now you're threatening me with with legal bullshit. Now you're a fucking, you're an asshole. On top of it, right. On top of it, who knows how to use the legal system and wants to use it against me. So I said, don't step to me, man. And so then he steps, you know, I take a step back and I said, don't step to me, man. And he stepped right. into me and I, there was another time, man, I was ready to drop another fool on his head. And I said, I said, dude, just turn down the music. And I was like, fine, I'll turn it down. Go. And I, all I could do was I, if I knew jujitsu, that's what my thought was. If I knew jujitsu, I know that I could take this guy down, not hurt myself, not hurt him, not go to jail. And that's when I started learning jujitsu. That's when I went back to the gym, started boxing. Uh, I mean, you still would have gone to jail if you grabbed the guy. Well, mm, maybe he would have, you know, if, if he's, if he's starting to fight, I don't know how the legal system works. That's the other complicated issue about this. it's, It's different in every state. Right. So like, if, like, if I take him down, hold him down and wait for the cops to show up, that might just be fine. That might be self defense. In another state, that might be fucking assault and battery. Right. 
it all depends. I don't, and, and I'm not pretending to be a lawyer here. I don't know how that shit works. Right, I just right. know that, that my chances are better if I don't hit this motherfucker, <laughs> you know, right. but I could, sh I could shut him down or shut him up. And I said, I can't start a fight with this guy. So I walk away. Right. And then I, next thing I know, I'm in a gym. I start learning kickboxing, start hanging out with some MMA guys. Boom. I show up at a, end up at a jujitsu gym, like a, a year later. All right. Right. But like, that's when I fought the golden gloves. I started jujitsu again. And that's how all that starts. All that stuff started. That whole thing is behind me. Now I found out later, this guy was special. Like he has, he's actually had some issues. He has some issues. And if I would have done something to him, it would have been bad. It would have been bad. It would have been a bad look for me, regardless of right. whether right. legal legal was involved or not. So like, like if I, you know, I'm glad that I didn't do anything to him. But also like, you know, it, a lot of these little confrontations, you can't let this, you can't let the shit get to you. Right. I don't like, now he's not a guy I'm carrying in my, in my back anymore. Right. But it's thanks to him. I got back into the martial arts and I've been doing jujitsu now for, I don't know, over 10 years now. So that's, that's awesome. I wish I could get back into martial arts, dude. You maybe, can totally I, maybe I will when I, when I get a little bit more settled here. Yeah. Cause I did, I did martial arts for, from the time I was 16 until I was about in my twenties and did a lot of, a lot of different martial arts and then was a bouncer for five years. And, and then I just kind of got fat and old. It happens. It happens to the best of us, man. I'm I'm doing martial arts and I'm fat and old right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's gonna make you young or skinny, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, like uh, you should try to you know if you ever if you're ever interested in martial arts, I suggest jujitsu only because you can actually spar and not get hit in the head. Yeah, I I really what what I enjoy the. I do enjoy jujitsu. I've, I've done a, a couple classes. Uh, I boxed for a long time. That was when I was in my, in my best shape when I was boxing. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked Hapkido as well. Hapkido is dope. Um, yeah, I think if I were to go back and do something, it would be something like jujitsu or judo or Aikido, something a little bit more, lesser, lower impact, but more, you know. Yeah, very active. Or our speed. Yeah, well, you see, with judo, I'm interested in judo too. The only thing with judo is that you're falling. Yeah, that that can but I can rough. handle. Fall. Well, I guess my back with my back, maybe I shouldn't be falling. Yeah, it could be rough on the body. Like you'll feel it. Jujitsu, yeah. like you can decide when you're rolling whether or not you want to start on your knees or if you want to start standing up, which means that you're gonna get taken down somehow. Yeah, you can start on your knees. There's no throws in, and then you can practice safely. Right you know, or more safely yeah. more safe yeah yeah because shit still happens people still break shit people still you know oh yeah i mean jujitsu is hardcore yeah yeah i don't know why it's called the gentle art it's not fucking gentle at all with the no I, I and and guys that know jujitsu are the guys that that make me the most nervous like my ground game is like do whatever you can to get off the ground yeah it, it well in a self-defense situation that should always be the the strategy oh yeah that's like me I'm all about distance because I'm all, you know, I got long, long reach and long legs. Yeah. So whatever I can do to shut somebody down so I can get away, that's, that's what I'm doing. Oh yeah. Dude, first line of defense, man. I'm fucking running. 
Yeah. I'm running. Well, that, as a bouncer, the first, my first thing I ever did was talk to people. Mm, that's interesting. So that's, that's your first line of, of de-escalation de is your first line of defense. Yep. Interesting. How often, how often did that work? Nine times out of 10. Oh, really? Yeah. Nine times out of 10. So this is the thing that you learn. And it's funny because, uh, a lot, I have a lot of friends that are former or, you know, when I was, they were law enforcement when I was a bouncer and uh, <clears throat> nine times out of 10 or nine out of 10 people don't truly want conflict. They're afraid of conflict. That even the people that puff up and act like they're big and want to be somebody, mm -hmm. unless they have something pushing them on, they will deescalate in a heartbeat. So in a bouncer situation, uh, you know, the the best way to deal with somebody. Let's so you're you're in the bar with your girlfriend or with your buddy, and you're hammered, right? And you're being a shithead, or you're trying to start a fight or whatever. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have whoever's watching my back watch you, and I'm gonna go up to your girlfriend or your buddy. I'm gonna say, hey, look, uh, you know. Edgar seems like he's uh, had a little too much to drink and he's, <laughs> kind of, he's got a little overboard, um, but it's okay. You know, I know he's a good guy. So why don't you guys, why don't you take him home mm -hmm. and come back tomorrow or come back next Saturday and I'll buy you guys around. Yeah. And that works nine times out of 10. That's amazing, man. But, but you have, you have the, the instances which happened to me, one night when I was bouncing in a place called Liquid Kitty back in the day in Wicker Park, Chicago. I remember Liquid Kitty. So uh, I was by myself. It was a Sunday night, but we were pretty packed. And there were these two guys, two white guys in suits. And they were fucking hammered out of their mind. And one grabbed the waitress's ass. And the other one was like had broken a, a, a cocktail glass over by the bathroom. So one of my bouncers was in there drinking with his friends because he had just broke up with his girlfriend. Mm. His friends happen to be all Latin Kings. Ugh. Right. And he's black guy kind of looked like Tupac, but we had, he had a piercing in his lip that was like a hook that came out like this, this stainless steel hook that came out like three inches from the, his bottom lip. Yeah. Right. This is the nineties in Chicago. Hilarious. Anyway. So, I, I like tap him on the shoulder and said, Hey, I'm going to go deal with these guys. Just keep an eye on me. Cause I don't have anybody watch my back. He's like, Oh yeah, sure. I got you. Right. So the one guy is really hammered. The other one's hammered too, but he's less hammered. So I walk up. And so it was like, I walk up here and Julius is on like my left side, kind of across looking at them. Right. And the guy I'm talking to, this guy over here is drunk. And the guy that I'm talking to is in front of me. I'm like, hey, your friend's a little bit drunk. Why don't you guys come back tomorrow and I'll buy you a drink? Well, we're only in town for the day. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, you know, why don't I give you a discount on your drinks? But, you know, why don't you guys, you know, just take a moment, collect your stuff and, and go because it's kind of things have gone a little too far. <clears throat> This guy is so drunk that he turns and sees Julius standing next to me and he goes, 
What the f? What the fuck are you looking at? N word. Oh boy. Now Julius, maybe five six, five seven, hundred and eighty pounds, soaking wet. Man, but all muscle, and the the dude was a black belt and probably three martial arts. Mm. Right. It was like a cartoon. All I see is a flash of white in front of me, yeah, and I see yeah. the guy's face like this, and he's got a footprint on his forehead. <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, shit. And so, you know, that moment when everything goes into slow motion, the other guy's coming towards... So I basically grab that guy by the chest and throw him down into a, into a seat. Uh-huh. And I turn around, and Julius has the dude's legs... So his feet, the dude's feet are here. <laughs> yeah, he's got him up in his chest. He's holding it in like a... No, no, and he's holding the dude's neck with his foot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he go, and he looks down and he goes, what'd you say? Yeah. That's how fast it was. What'd you say? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. and he like, just like pushes his foot down and he goes, what'd you say? And the other guy tries to get up and I have to grab him under the arm and take his head like so i've got his arm like this i take his head and i'm holding him like this i'm like you don't want to do this uh-huh. and the guy's like let me go let me go i'm like we're gonna leave and you're gonna go he's like fine fine go 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 and i walk him over to the bar i'm like did this guy pay his bill and the, the bartender's like hold on a second she rings it up da, da, da. here's your card sir i'm like go ahead and sign it the guy's like fuck you dude. i'm like go ahead and sign it and he signs it and then he takes his card back and I, take him, <laughs> and I take him outside. And so this is on um just just uh east of of Damon on division. That's where this bar was, yeah. right? Big wide boulevard, big sidewalks, right? I take the guys outside and I say, Julius, I got this. Cause I know he's like now, like he's like a shark with blood in the water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's all I push him outside and I'm like, okay, you guys, do you need me to call you a cab? Cause you need to go. And I see out of the side door, all Latin Kings walking out, all Julius friends Ooh. and they're quiet. And these aren't like, these are not street bangers, right? Mm. These are like, you know, late 20s something like already established i'm smart enough to not go to jail mm-hmm. dudes yeah dress yeah. nice like da, da. and they just like quietly are walking out i'm like really you guys need to leave yeah <clears throat> and the guy's like fuck you da, da, da. I'll, I'll fucking have your fucking rest blah 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 i'll have this place shut down i'm like you want to just get through tonight right if you want to get through tonight, I suggest the two of you get in a cabin. And the one guy is finally kind of sobered up a little bit, and he sees all these dudes coming out. And I say to them, I can only protect you as long as I'm standing out here, and I got to go back inside. <laughs> I'm going to leave you to the sharks, you motherfuckers. So, so you have a choice. Either you <laughs> want to hop into a cab right now, or you're on your own. Oh shit! I never seen people get into a cab so fast. That's fucking awesome, dude. That is fucking hilarious. It's funny because those are like the types of dudes that always too. The guys that always, 
the guys that you would think, oh my God, that guy's so well, there's actually just in, in a bar fight or in my history, in my my experience rather, there's two types of people that you're that you're looking out for or afraid of, right? There's the guys that are like super drunk and and super privileged and don't and don't think that anybody can fucking tell them anything. Yeah. Right? That are showing off for people or whatever. A girl, a group of friends. That's the guy that's going to want to get into a bar fight, like into a fight fight. Yeah. Or it's the 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 dude who you didn't notice that's quiet in a corner that that's the scarier of the two because hmm. that's somebody that just has come has come to a public place to do harm hmm. right i i've only experienced that type of person twice um and that's the definitely the scare i mean the other type i've experienced a bunch of times and you know, nine times out of 10 that gets diffused really easily. Sometimes it ends up in somebody getting thrown out the door or a fight, a little skirmish. Mm-hmm. The, the, the dude that's quite like, I had a guy like uh, one of the bartenders like, oh, this dude grabbed the bartender's ass, but he's just sitting there quietly drinking his drink. Hmm. And I was like, oh shit. And we, me and a bunch of bouncers like went to go check on him. And this guy's like sitting at the bar, but like kind of hunched over. Mm. And he was a big dude. And like the moment, like we approached the guy, he pulled out a knife and started cutting. And he cut one of the bouncers like right across the hand. And it was like, it was a dude that he wanted to, to hurt somebody. So he was just starting the shit. He was just looking for, well, a he, to he, he was just looking for a reason to start hurting people. Yeah. He was like, I mean, it's like, it's like the, 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 the crazy person on the subway that just wants to stab people. It's like, yeah. those are the people that you're like, Oh, that's fucking scary as fuck, man. Cause yeah. that's, a, that's a monster. The other one's yeah. an idiot. That one's a monster. The one's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and that's the two that you have to look out for is the fucking idiot. Cause most idiots, like they, if they realize they're being idiots, you know, I think that most people are, are relatively good people. If they're, mm-hmm. it, Oh shit, I'm being an idiot. I, but then there's the idiot that's the 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 privileged idiot that like nobody can tell me anything. Who the fuck are you? You can't tell me anything. That's the one the motherfucker that you're gonna have to like stick a foot in their face. <laughs> but then there's the monster. The monsters are the ones that are scary. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. So, so listen, bro. I have to get going soon. But before we go, I want yes. I want you to plug anything you got going on. I. I know you have a, a wonderful short, Wukong Carriers. Wukong, so my Kung Fu movie, Wukong Carriers, which has been in the making for five years, is just taking me forever. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to finish that up. Um, I just directed a short film called FDM Train, which just got into the um, New York Theater Indie Festival, and it's screening this week. I think it's screening uh, in, in the theater in New York. It's also screening online. That's amazing. Uh, I didn't know you did that movie. FDM train. Yeah. 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 It's a little short movie that I directed. Um, and then, uh, you know, check out my website, giantvfx.tv or giantvfx on Instagram. That's G I A N T V F X as in visual effects. Um, yeah. And more, more shit to come. Hopefully like my hustle has just begun. That's awesome. Doug. 
That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. It's, it's. I missed you, man. I, I miss you too. It's been. Hey, girl, I miss you too, man. Well, let you know. Let's just fucking chat. Doesn't even have to be a podcast. Let's so just fucking chat. Yeah, bro. dude. I have fun, man. Uh, dude, yeah, me too. Like, oh man, you got some great stories. Oh, you're a storyteller, right? Yeah. That's, that's Hopefully, why that's why I like to. I like to think that I am. Yeah, we all. That's why we all went to film school. That's right. All well, right, brother. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll do something together soon, brother. Absolutely, man. We'll do it, man. We'll do it. Much right. love. There you have it, man. That's my homie, man. Man, that guy is fearless, dude. It's just He's just dropping knowledge. You know, it's just crazy to talk to some of these cats. Everybody has just a little bit of truth that they carry. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody has something that they learned that they can share and can make you better. It was great, man. I learned a little bit today. I'm really grateful for my friend Pedro for allowing me to bring him on the podcast, but also for all the different people that I've been talking to thanks to this podcast. I mean, this sucker ain't making any money, right? But it's made me better, and I hope that you guys listening on the show are, are getting something out of it too. Now, if you dig the show and you want to listen to more of our episodes or find out more about the show, head on over to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There I have all my episodes and I also have a store where you can buy stuff, get a t-shirt with a logo on it. There's some art there too. You can get some wall art. Whatever you want to do, I'll be grateful because you're supporting the podcast. Now, please make sure you follow my homie, Peter, a.k.a. Pedro Gañon, on Instagram under the name GiantVFX. And he also has a website, GiantVFX.tv. I'm going to put all his stuff in the description. If I can find his movies and all that stuff, I'm going to put it in there too. He's a great cat, man. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And don't forget to follow me, Edgar Otraves under the name Edgar Otraves on Instagram. I post art here and there. So check it out. Thank you so much. And make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get this podcast at. And press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. I am Edgar Otraves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.